Now, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning. I usually preach from the pulpit, but I can't get there. Isn't this set amazing? And this is really just a little of what we had all week. Thank you so much to everyone who uh, built this beautiful set. Um, I'm from South Carolina, and we would say there in my home that we had a wild and woolly week. Uh, It was a wonderful week, and so glad that so many of you are here visiting with us today. Uh, As you, I'm sure, are uh, well aware, our theme was shipwrecked, and you can see that uh, the, uh, the hull of this boat, beautifully painted, uh, and we, the, the idea was that we were all stranded on this deserted island. And um, we learned over and over again that Jesus rescues. Right, kids? We learned that? We learned that if you struggle, Jesus and, and if you worry, Jesus and, and if you feel powerless, that is something that we just pounded over and over again into the hearts and minds of our volunteers, I mean, into the, to our children. And, uh, and so uh, just thank you so much for trusting, uh, our, uh, trusting us with your kids uh, this week. It was a real privilege. You know, the idea of being stranded on a desert island is one that has captured the hearts and minds of storytellers uh, as, as long as there's been storytellers, I think. I mean, we think of uh, Swiss Family Robinson. Has anybody ever seen the movie Swiss Family Robinson? We love that at our home. Um, and, you know, think about uh, Tom Cruise, I mean, it was uh, Tom Hanks in uh, Castaway, like 20 years ago now. Um, Lost, Lord of the Flies, just all over and over again. And I think one of the reasons uh, that this theme keeps popping up in storytellers' hearts and minds is because we resonate with the idea of being isolated of being stranded, and we long for the idea of being rescued, right? And, and then countless other stories have this same theme of rescue, not, not on a desert island, but a, um, we think about when someone is trapped or someone has been taken, uh, taken prisoner, someone's in danger, They're, they need a rescue, they need a hero to come in. I mean, who ha- which, and the reason that resonates, I mean, which one of us has, uh, hasn't sat behind a desk in a bad situation or... Uh, sat in a crowd when we didn't know anybody else or, you know, been a parent or uh, uh, looked at the uh, tenth load of laundry uh, of the day or, you know, maybe a a more serious situation of depression or alcohol or, uh, you know, some relational brokenness. We've been in some difficult situation uh, and we have felt isolated. We felt stranded. We've looked within ourselves. We have not found the resources within ourselves to fix the problem that needed fixing. And we've longed for rescue. I really think that's why those stories resonate with us. We've longed for a hero to swoop in and save the day. Our story, our gospel story from um, the Gospel of John is one of the most famous stories in the whole Bible. It's the feeding of the 5,000. It is the only story, other than the crucifixion and the resurrection, the only story that is in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, you know, there are some who will try to tell you that the boy sharing his lunch just inspired everyone else to share what they had, and that was the real miracle. 
I'm not buying it. You know, in all four of the Gospels, there's no indication that this is anything other than Jesus taking five loaves of bread and two fish and making it more than enough for 5,000 different people. You know, if we had five, five loaves and two fish here, we, and, and, and maybe one of those ladies from Publix who gives out the samples, you know, we could, uh, we could might be able to get everybody a bite, uh, you know, but, but let's say there's 200 people here this morning. That's 20, there's 25 times more people in this crowd of 5,000. And Jesus has, um, Jesus has made it more than enough. There's some miracle. But he made this, the five loaves and two fish, he made it into like this all-you-can-eat buffet. And they had more leftovers than they started with. Now, the miracle would have been enough, right? Just to demonstrate that this, this was a man with some pretty remarkable powers. But John gives us this little detail in his passage, this little nugget that tells us there's more going on here than just a man with some culinary superpowers, right? He says, this was the Passover. Right? The Passover with the festival of the Jews was near. Now, if you don't know what the Passover is, the Passover uh, was and still is today for our Jewish friends uh, the, the annual remembrance that, uh, of the time that God had delivered the Israelites out of Egypt. Now, it was, this was 1,500 years before Jesus' time. And it was one of the defining moments of the people of Israel. Now, what, ha- what happened was that Pharaoh and, uh, and his armies had enslaved the people of Israel, and they were being treated harshly, cruelly, uh, unjustly, and they cried out to God for rescue. There's a lot more to the story than I can tell here, but God had sent nine plagues as uh, sort of warnings to Pharaoh that he needed to let the people go. And every time Jesus... Uh, Pharaoh dug in his heels and said no. And so this final plague, the tenth plague, was like a a sort of nuclear bomb of judgment against Pharaoh and Egypt. And God told Moses to go tell the people how to escape this judgment, how to avoid it. And it it was a little strange. First, the first thing they were to do was to go and eat a meal. That sounded a weird way to escape judgment. They had to, it was a meal of, of um, bread and lamb. And so they had to kill the lamb and roast it and then eat it with the bread. And then second, uh, they had to take the blood of this lamb and they put it over the doorpost of their houses. And so when the Spirit of God came through the land in Egypt, when he, he would see the blood of the lamb over their doorposts and he would pass over them. And so they wouldn't, they wouldn't experience that judgment. God provided the lamb as a means of avoiding God's judgment. And to put it another way, God rescued them from his own judgment. That was the Passover. And so after that, he led them out of slavery, led them out of oppression, led them out of Egypt. And they they could not have rescued themselves, right? Egypt was too powerful. They were the superpower of the world. They needed a hero. They needed a rescuer, and they needed God. And so that's really the detail that John is putting into this story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, because John just doesn't just want us to be impressed with Jesus' miraculous ability. He wants us to see that Jesus rescues. That's what we learned all week, right? 
Jesus is the rescuer of the people, providing bread for the hungry out there in the wilderness. That's amazing. But it points us ahead. It points us to the fact that Jesus is the bread for our own wilderness. You know, whether it's a feeling of hopelessness uh, in our um, job or with some friendship that's fallen apart, it's a feeling of isolation or depression. Uh, Whenever uh, you're struggling, Jesus is not only the one who provides, but he is the provision. Uh, Jesus is not just the deliverer, he's the destination. He's not just the one who gives the bread, he is the bread of life. And in fact, he's not only the bread of life, he's also the Passover lamb. He is, uh, it's his blood painted on the doorpost of our hearts. And so we can know that because of the blood of Jesus, we are not the targets of God's judgment, but the recipients of his rescue. Let me say that again. Because of the blood of Christ, we are not the target of God's judgment. We are the recipients of his rescue. Because you know what? Life can be hard. You may have heard that. Life can be hard. And sometimes it can feel like life's out to get you. And does that mean if there's a God, is he out to get you uh, as well? And what you need to know in times like that is that, that what is true about you is that because of the blood of Jesus, you are not the target of God's judgment. You are the recipient of God's rescue. You know, just a few weeks ago, I don't know if you, I'm sure you probably saw this. You may have told your kids about this. Uh, The world was captivated by a story of 12 boys and their soccer coach trapped in a cave in Thailand. They had gone exploring in this cave, and they didn't know that a monsoon rainstorm was coming, and the, the cave filled up with water, and they were trapped. In fact, they had to go run back to the back of the cave two miles deep into the cave. And, you know, escape was impossible. And rescue was improbable. They ran out of food on day three, and for another week, seven more days, ten days, they sat in the darkness, huddled together, just wondering if there was any hope for them. And then, amazingly, Amazingly, a light shone in the darkness, literally, when they were amazed to see two divers pop out of the water, and the divers were amazed to see 13 sets of eyes blinking back at them. And that began a very complex, very dangerous rescue operation that involved people from all over the world. And and you read about it, you were captivated, glued to your TV sets, more than likely. But one of the parts of the story that fascinated me about this rescue in Thailand was that those first couple of people who found them stayed with them, right? They, they, um, they came into the darkness of the cave from the outside to live with them, to care for them, to feed them, and to give them hope for their rescue. And of course, this is what Jesus has done for us. He descended into the darkness to live among us. He came from outside, and He came to care for us and to feed us and to give us hope. Because Jesus is the bread of life. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus is our friend, our advocate, our shield from judgment. And somebody here is thinking, well, I don't think that one guy can fix all the problems I've got, especially a guy I can't see who lived on another continent 2,000 years ago. 
I admit, that seems like a pretty small solution. And yet, just as Jesus took something that was too small to feed everybody and made it more than enough, in fact, Jesus himself for you is more than enough. And so, what I hope that your kids have gotten uh, out of this week and what I hope that you will take today is that you may feast and be full on Jesus, who is the bread of life, who is the Lamb of God, who is the Passover, who is the Deliverer, who is the Rescuer. Because when you're alone, when you're worried, when you're helpless, Jesus rescues. Amen.